Hey, welcome to the She Heard podcast hosted by author and speaker Laurie Green Westlake. On the She Heard podcast, we cover everything from a woman's role in the church to deep and unexpected dives into your favorite Bible heroes. Laurie's passion is to equip women with courage, boldness, and bravery through biblical study and inspiring narrative. Be sure to check out lauriegreenwestlake.com for additional resources. Welcome to the show. Hi, this is Laurie Green Westlake, and I've been thinking about words. I've been actually thinking about the word hope. So let's take a deep look at that word and what we are supposed to be doing with it. right. It's Laurie again. How are you today? Man, there's so much going on in the world today. And I, um, I find a lot of reasons to get discouraged and a lot of reasons to be um, without hope. When I'm watching the news or even, you know, as the headlines are just constantly scrolling about everything that's going on in Israel and in Palestine, what? Earthquakes seem to be happening almost daily. And then there's all this governmental stuff that's going on with Congress and the Speaker of the House. And you just want to go, can you people get your mm, together? So like I said, I find a lot of reasons to be um, without hope. But um, that is not what the Bible calls us to. So I wanted to talk about hope a little bit today because I wondered if any of you are like me and you're just going, let's just, let's just get on with it or let's just get over it or let's just ignore it or let's just go on with our lives looking the other way. And that is certainly not what Scripture encourages us or commands us, I should say, to do when we're looking at hard, hard circumstances. So um, let me start here. Let me start by saying that as a writer in my work and in my love, because I um, I write out of passion, but also in, in my employment in ministry, I do a whole lot of writing. And most of that is like writing proposals for uh, people who are wanting to give a gift, you know, outlining ministry, also write some marketing writing. And I do a lot of editing of other writers. And that's not my main job, but I find myself continually, continually doing it. And it is a love and a passion. But as a writer, and oh, and my blog, you guys know, I mean, you can go to my website, lauragreenwestlake.com and read my blogs. Because I'm always writing something, right? But I find that almost daily I use a thesaurus, you know, looking up synonyms of words to try to find just the right word. That's We writers want just the right word, not a good enough word, but the perfect word to express an emotion or a thought or to place a feeling inside of our readers. We do that 
whether we're writing marketing, whether we're writing an email. I mean, you know, a writer can <laughs> labor over an email, can take an hour to write three lines because we're just so obsessed with not just expressing ourselves. We're, as a matter of fact, it's not about expressing ourselves. It's about making the reader feel something or take an action. And that's where we get hung up. Or maybe I shouldn't say hung up. Maybe that's maybe I should say that's why we love to dig deep and find just the right word. So I mentioned hope at the opening of the podcast. And I want to say that I think hope, the word hope gets a bum rap. I think hope is one of those words that's hard to deal with. We use it in so many circumstances and for so many different reasons that it's really hard to pinpoint exactly what hope means because I think, well, I'll give you some examples in a minute. But another problem with hope, besides the fact that it means different things to different people, is that it's just a very familiar word. And familiarity, as we've talked about in other podcasts with other things, familiarity eventually um, loses impact. And so I think hope is a, a word that should have more impact and it's lost it. Not only do we hear this word in church or read it in the Bible, it's, it's, in all, it's all over the place. We use it all the time. Like I said, and these are some of the examples of how we use hope just in a constant, a constant communication without even thinking about it. We've kind of put the, the word hope. We kind of have used it in the sense of wish. Listen to this. Think about this. I hope my day at work won't be like yesterday. Or I hope that steak is as good as it looks. I hope I get to see you again soon. Or I hope that salesman never calls again, right? Right? So it's like, it's like, I mean, we spend some major bandwidth, communication (laughs) bandwidth on hoping for stuff or more seriously, I think we use the word inappropriately as, as it's become synonymous with I wish or I want. Let me say those sentences above again, putting I want in the place of hope. And I think we'll see that that is what we have. That is what we've done with the word hope. So listen to this. I want that stink to be as good as it looks. I want to see you again. I don't want that salesman to ever call again. So I see, I think we've watered the word hope down to really mean I wish or I want. I And I don't think that I personally have pondered the meaning of the word hope from the biblical standpoint enough. So the other night I was laying in bed and I was thinking about hope and I was thinking about in um, Spanish when I was learning Spanish and we lived on the field. We uh, were in a Spanish-speaking country, which was actually on the continent of Africa. And esperar is the transitive verb that is used for hope. Esperar. You would say yo espero means I hope. But in Spanish, esperar has two meanings. It means I hope, and it also means 
wait. W-A-I-T, wait. The word is interchangeable, and I love that this adds depth to the meaning. I mean, I, I was just thinking, isn't it cool that in Spanish, which is, you know, a derivative of the Latin base, that hope and waiting are the same thing, that it to hope means that there is a waiting component. To hope that steak is as good as it looks, there's not much waiting because you've got a knife and a fork there and you're going to cut right in it and you're going to know within seconds. But the real meaning of hope, the deep, deep spiritual hope within inside of us has an element of waiting. It's like a patient expectation with a time element attached to it. Isn't that lovely? Isn't that a lovely thought that hope is expectant, waiting, knowing that there's going to be a passage of time? And I guess that's what the waiting is about. Romans, Romans 8, 24, 25 says, for in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Ah, there, see, I think the, I think the Spanish language has a better grasp of the word hope. I do find, and it's probably because I am an, an English speaker, because I'm a native English speaker and I don't fluently speak any other language. I, I can get by with some Spanish. I can, I can get by and I can make my needs known, but I'm so familiar with the English language that some words fall flat. And so when we learn them in another language or we look at a definition in another language, it's kind of a nice little study on communication to do that. If you ever feel, if you're ever bored and need a little something to do, start looking words up in other languages. But it does seem to add a fullness that we lose when we're using some words every single day and exchanging them in different, for different meanings. But, excuse me, let me exchange in that verse the idea of this patient expectation. So listen to Romans 8, 24, 25. I'm going to insert where the first time hope is used with expectant patience. For in this patient expectation, we are saved. Now, isn't that beautiful? In this patient expectation, we are saved. The verse also, that same verse, also tells us that hope is not seen. Or that hope that isn't, but hope that is seen is not hope. Hope that is seen is not hope because hope is not seen. You can't see hope, right? And you can't put your hope in something that you already know what it is, where it is, what color it is, or how you know it's going to make you feel. Your hope is in something unseen. So there's this whole new element that hope is not a physical knowing, right? It's not anything we see or, or can touch or grab hold of physically. Hope is a spiritual state. It is an unseen state, and it is hope in something that is not seen. 
In 2 Corinthians 4.18, the idea of hope, it's further developed. Um, Here it is. Let Let me just read the verse. Here's that verse. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Transient things means temporary. So we don't we don't put our hope and we don't look to things that are temporary. We look to things that are eternal. And that how that's how hope is developed, right? It's about the eternal. It's about a spiritual state that is looking to an eternal state. So if hope is unseen and the things unseen are eternal, then our hope is or should be in an eternal something, right? That's what I'm trying to say. Here's another verse. Here's here's some more support for my ramblings. It's from Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for. For the, <laughs> I'm getting tongue-tied. Let me start over. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for. The conviction of things not seen. Oh, so it's 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 more than just wishing for things unseen. It is a conviction. It is it is a knowing. It is a spiritual knowing of a spiritual state of eternal things. That is some heavy stuff. I mean, it is not hoping that your steak is good. It is some eternal spiritual maneuvering inside of you. So hope is more than a wish or a want or even a waiting. It is an unseen expectation that also has a joyful element. Listen to Romans 12, 12. This one, this one tells us what we are to do with this expectant waiting and conviction that we know there is something unseen that is way better than the transient things we're seeing today. And here it is, Romans 12, 12. Rejoice, rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. I love that. I love that. So let's talk about hope like this. Hope is what, hope is what God's promises inspire. Hope is what God's promises inspire in our spirit. Hope is what should happen with a believer in Christ when a believer looks at a discouraging situation, but knows has this this solid commitment, knowing that there is an eternal element beyond the situation, without doubt that God's promises are real. And that Jesus will be and will do what he says he will be for you. And he will do what he has promised. And what has he promised? He's coming back. We're moving into an eternal state of glory. We are. We are. You know, our sanctification, we're always being moving towards a state of glory. And we know when he comes back, the sons of God are revealed. And that is all of us pitiful, overweight, wrinkled, um, thinning hair, or um, 
if you're a woman and you still have your hormones, your emotional mess at certain times and seasons, all of that will be put away as our glory is revealed. And we will be who we were created to be and intended to be when God first had that thought of us before he put us in our mother's wombs. We get so wrapped up in this world that we forget we're not even made for it. We forget that God had a plan when he, he didn't just put us here to see what would happen. He put us here for a plan. And in that plan, we have this hope with all the mess in the world today, right? I mean, like if you're listening to this in October of 2023, you know that there are, uh, there are wars, two wars on the planet right now with possible more wars breaking out, a lot of saber rattling going on. There's been an increase in earthquakes, but nobody hears about that. I mean, thousands were killed in Afghanistan last week. Nobody hears about that because here's what we're all looking at. Who is going to be the speaker of the house? Who is going to be? I mean, I cannot believe with every horrible thing that's going on in the world today, this is our major headline is our government because we for some reason, are obsessed with our government getting things the way we think they ought to get it. But I digress. I'm sorry. But even though there is this increase in wars, an increase in earthquakes, which is a a biblical sign, go read Matthew 24. And even though the love of many are growing colder by the day, that's another biblical sign. Go read Matthew 24. And even though our governments fail, right? Our governments fail, even though we still have this miraculous promise that inspires us to be joyful and hope. We don't have to be frustrated and yell at our TVs at Fox News. We don't have to take to social media and go, can you believe? Ugh. We have to let the hope that Jesus The whole Bible, actually, aims to inspire in us, keep us in a joyful state. One of my life verses, I just love this verse, and I think you'll all go, okay, that explains a lot about you, Laurie. It is Colossians 3.2, and it is, set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on earth. I love that. (laughs) Because... Everything on earth frustrates me. Now, I and I've said this before, I have an incredible life and I enjoy it. I have a, an amazing marriage. I have great kids. I have a son who has struggled with addiction and right now he's in a good place. So everything for me is tracking really good. I know because I'm convicted because I have this deep spiritual hope. I know that even though things are great in my life right now, it is not how it's meant to be and it is not how it's going to be. These are the blessings that I get from grace, from God's grace on planet Earth today. And maybe you're sick or maybe you're in a failing marriage or maybe um, you have a wayward child. You are still to have joyful hope. And believe me, even though I say I love my life, not everything is great. There's, there's, there are things that I'm challenged by. And, you know, I don't want to go into that because I don't want to start ragging. But um, 
you know, we all have trials and tribulations and the word of God says, you will have trials and tribulations, but look up, your redemption draws near. Even though we are in these situations or looking at these situations or these situations are coming on us, this deep spiritual waiting is to give us this miraculous, unbelievable, eternal joy because we know we are not there yet. So Jesus said it, right? He said it. He will bring his promises to light and sooner than some of us may even think. But even if his return isn't soon and we endure a world that has completely lost its mind, we still have hope. And through hope, we find joy in not just some circumstances, but in all circumstances. Why? Because he has overcome. Because he has overcome. It's already finished. We're just waiting expectantly to get to see it. But it's already finished. In the heavenlies, there is a period at the end. So, one final verse before we wrap up. Romans fifteen thirteen. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Abound in hope. Now, here's another word that I sometimes think, I don't think we really understand the depth of this word abound. So I looked it up. It means to overflow, to teem, to teem, you know, just like bubbling up like a boiling pot, to teem, to be rich in, to be rich in, to have more than you need. Hope. That's what abound means. Abound in hope. Team with hope. Be rich in hope. So this is my prayer for you today, that you will team, you will overflow, you will be completely rich in the hope that is inspired through Christ today, tomorrow, and always. Listen, warriors, this is the truth. To hope is to be brave. To look not at the world which screams, look at me, embrace me, worship me, but to look at the heavens where hope and love sit on a throne of grace and glory. And why does that make you brave? Because it's anti-world. Because it's anti-evil. Because it's anti-human nature to say, I choose hope instead of frustration, sadness, anger, depression, anxiety, discouragement. I choose hope. So listen, here's, here's your, here's your call to action. Go to your Bible, dig through some hope and let your heart not be troubled. Okay. That's all we've got today. Be sure and share this with anyone that you think needs a little dose of hope today and like it because algorithms are a real thing. Uh, it's a real frustrating thing. And um, if you like or share or make a comment, um, the algorithms go up and the platforms share it more. So anyway, also check me out at lauriegreenwestlake.com where you'll find my books. 
And I do have two books my publisher is awaiting, and after the first year, I plan to get started on those. One will be a Bible study on leadership, and one will be the third installment of the Calculated series, and so we'll see what Issa has been up to. Issa, our lovely, fumbling, bumbling accountant, who ends up being an unexpected hero. So, love to you all. Have an incredible rest of your week, and we'll be in touch again.